right, welcome back to the Fundamental Hour. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about um, evidence from the Scriptures that Jesus is God. And we're going to continue that uh, study this week. And in this week's lesson, we're going to be looking specifically at what the Bible says uh, or where the Bible specifically says that Jesus is God. Now, let me remind you, the first week we saw that Jesus readily received worship. And we saw from the Scriptures that worship belongeth only to God, but yet He received it. Uh, last week, that was the first week, last week we looked at the fact that the nature of God is that He is eternal, and we saw Jesus also ascribing that same nature to Himself. Now, this week we're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is widely understood by Christianity as a prophecy of the coming Jesus Christ. It says, for unto us a child is born. And I want you to notice it calls him the mighty God, the everlasting Father. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we see the fulfillment of Isaiah 9, 6. In Matthew 1, 23, the Bible says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So in Isaiah, the prophecy of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, He is called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And in Matthew 1.23, His name is to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. In John chapter 1, in verse number 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It doesn't say that the Word was a God. It says the Word was God. And then in verse 14 of the book of John, um, yeah, in chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in John 1, 1, we see that the Word is identified as God. And then in verse 14, it tells us that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Well, who is the begotten of the Father? Jesus Christ. So who came in the flesh? Jesus Christ, also known as the Word and it says that the Word was God. Now, interesting enough, if we go to the book of 1 John, and we look in chapter 5 of 1 John, the Bible says in verse number 7, There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. So the Bible says that the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost are one. These three are one. 
in John chapter 1, both of those books are written by the same man, the Apostle John. In John 1, the Word is God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, the only begotten of the Father. So the Word is Jesus Christ. So we see clearly here that Jesus Christ is God. He is a part of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and He is God. In John chapter 20, verse 27 through 29, this is one of my favorite scriptures that teaches about who Christ is. It says in verse 27, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Now this is after the crucifixion, the burial, and resurrection of Christ. Christ is in his resurrected body. He is appearing to his disciples. And he's talking to Thomas. Thomas was the doubter. He had said he wouldn't believe unless he saw him and handled him. And so Jesus says to him, Look, reach hither thy hand, thrust it in my side, and be not faithless, but believing. This is what it says in verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him these words, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, don't call me God. There's only one God, and that's the Father. That's not what he said. He said this in verse 29, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. So Thomas, his testimony was that Jesus was Lord and God. And what did Jesus do? Did he rebuke him? No. Did he correct him? No. Did he get upset? No. He received it, and he affirmed it. He confirmed what Thomas said. He said, Thomas, blessed... Oh, he, says, he says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. So he said, basically, Thomas, what you said is true. I am your Lord, I am your God. And then, blessed are they that have seen, have not seen, and yet have believed. I've never seen Jesus Christ, but I believe. And you know what I believe? I believe that He is Lord and that He is God. And the Bible says that I'm blessed because of that. And if you don't accept that Jesus Christ is God, then it's because you've been listening to somebody other than the Scriptures. Because the Scriptures make it clear that Jesus Christ is God. We'll read another verse in 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 16. It says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. 
That could only be talking about one person. That could only be describing one historical figure, and that is the historical figure of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a reason we call him Lord, people. We call him Lord because like he said in Matthew 28, all power belongs unto him. Why? Because he's part of the triune God. He's part of the Holy Trinity. He is the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the Emmanuel that was God with us. He was the one prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 that the government would sit upon his shoulders and that he would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's my God. That's my Savior. That's my Christ. And if you believe anything else about Christ, then you're not abiding in the doctrine of Christ. You're not abiding in the teaching of the Bible concerning the person of Jesus Christ. Does the Bible teach that He is the Son of God? Absolutely. Does the Bible teach that He was a man tempted like as we? Yes, it does. But it also teaches that He was God come in the flesh. The Bible is very clear about that. And it says here that God was made flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. Hallelujah. Let's look in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read the first eight verses of Revelation The Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now the interesting thing is, we read from the Gospel of John, we read from the book of 1 John, and now we're in Revelation. All three books written by the same Apostle John. And God had given him a revelation here. And it says in verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, For the time is at hand. So look, if you believe the Bible to be true, if you believe the book of Revelation to be true, then you must believe what it's saying here. Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Now it's talking about somebody. It's talking about somebody which is, which was, and which is to come. Kind of sounds like somebody that is from everlasting to everlasting. And if you watched our second message on Christ, on this teaching of Christ, we saw that The nature of God is that He is eternal and that Christ had that same nature. And here it's talking about somebody that which is and was and is to come. Look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us 
from our sins in His own blood. So it's talking about Jesus Christ here. Washed us in His own blood. The first begotten of the dead. The faithful witness. Verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. So through Christ, it is through Christ that we are made priests and kings unto the Father, unto God the Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, He cometh. Who's it talking about? Who is coming? Who does the Bible teach us throughout the Scriptures is coming? Is it God the Father or is it Jesus Christ? It's Jesus Christ. It says, Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierced Him, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of Him. Even so, amen. So very clearly here in Revelation chapter 1, we have a description of Jesus Christ. First begotten of the dead. We were washed, uh, our sins were washed in His blood. He's made us kings and priests. God. He cometh in the clouds. We shall see Him. He has been pierced. And then notice in verse 8. This is now a testimony from Christ Himself. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So here we have very clearly in Revelation chapter 1 through 8, a undeniable description of the person of Jesus Christ who is described here as the Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega is the first and last alphabet, a first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. In other words, he's saying, I'm the beginning and the end. And he says that in English, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. Again, that everlasting, eternal nature of God, Jehovah, the one who is self-existent. Jesus has that nature. And it says, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Jesus Christ is the Almighty. So again, we saw in Isaiah 9, verse 6, in the prophecy of the coming Christ, He was called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. We saw in His uh, interaction with Thomas, that Thomas handled him, he saw him, he handled him, and he said, my Lord, my God. We saw that in Matthew 1.23 that his name was Emmanuel, God with us. We saw that in John 1.1 that he was the word, the word was God, and the word dwelt among us. There's no denying these scriptures. We see in 1 Timothy 3.16, that he was manifest in the flesh. It says God was manifest in the flesh. So there is no vagueness here. There is no uh, un lack of clarity here. The Bible clearly is talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And the Bible clearly is saying that he is God. Now if you believe the Bible, you have to accept the fact that Jesus taught that he was God. 
you have to accept that the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ is God. And you must reject all teaching that claims otherwise. Any teaching that claims that Jesus was simply a prophet is teaching that's not biblical, that denies the scripture. Any teaching that teaches that he was a God or he was the son of God, but that he was not God, is teaching that denies the scripture. And we are either people of the book or we're not. Either our doctrine comes from God's word or it comes from somewhere else. My doctrine comes from the Bible. And my doctrine teaches me very clearly that Jesus Christ is God. We said in the first week, we, we saw from the scriptures that worship, honor and glory is due only to God. God is a jealous God. And he doesn't want worship given to anyone but himself. And yet we saw clearly from the scriptures that when men bowed down to Jesus Christ and they worshiped him, that he didn't deny them, he didn't rebuke them, but on the contrary, he received it. And we also saw that Jesus Christ was the very one who rebuked Satan and told Satan that worship belongeth to God only. And yet he received worship. And we saw Peter and Paul when people bowed down to worship them, that they said, no, we are but men. Stand up on your feet. Don't worship us. But yet Jesus allowed people to worship at his feet. Why? Because he is part of the Trinity, the three in one, the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. We saw in the second week that the nature of God is that he is eternal. And we saw also that the nature of Christ is that He is eternal. We see that here in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And then we see this week, in these many verses I showed to you, Isaiah 9, 6, Matthew 1, 23, John chapter 20, verses 27 through 29, John chapter 1, verses 1 and 14, 1 Timothy 3, 16, and then also here in... Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. All these verses clearly teaching that Jesus Christ is God. And there are more. I did not give them all today. There are more verses that clearly teach Jesus is God. So listen, folks. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh. He has to be God. Because if He's not God, He's a sinner. He has to be God because if he's not God, then he doesn't have perfect blood. And his blood cannot purchase our redemption. I praise God that my God died for me. I don't know about you, but when I was 20 years old, someone asked me a question. They said, Ted, if you die today, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I said, yes, I'll go to heaven. They didn't ask me why I thought I would go to heaven, but I had two friends. They asked them the same question. If you die, would you go to heaven? My two friends said, we don't know. The men said, well, can we show you what the Bible says? And they said, yes. We all sat down in our apartment and they took the scriptures and they began to teach us that we were sinners. And they began to show us that all men have sinned. 
Then they began to teach us that there's a penalty for sin. That penalty is to die. Just like God told Adam, if you eat the fruit, you die. God says to you and me, for the wages of sin is death. And then they showed me from the scriptures that to die means we go to hell. The second death is the lake of fire. And I realized that night for the first time in my life that I had sinned against God, that I was not a good person, that I was not worthy of heaven, that I was not righteous, that I was on my way to hell, that I couldn't work my way to heaven, I couldn't save myself, my church couldn't save me, my friends couldn't save me, and that I needed a Savior. <clears throat> and then those men took the Bible and they taught me about Jesus Christ. I had heard about Jesus Christ all my life. But I never understood who he truly was. I never understood what he truly did and why he did it. And for the first time in my life, I understood that Jesus Christ, God himself, came to earth. As a little child, he grew. He eventually went to an old room for my sin on a cruel cross. He was put in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, up from the dead, he arose. And he lives today. And He has the power to save us. He is both our Creator, the Bible teaches us. He is our God, and He is our Savior. And He died for our sins. And the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. You're not going to get to heaven through your good works. You're not going to get to heaven through going to your church. You're not going to get to heaven by serving Christ. You're going to get to heaven one way. Realize you're a sinner. Humble yourself before God. Realize who He is. He is God, Emmanuel, that died for you. Receive Him as your Savior. Believe on Him and Him alone to save you. Stop trusting in your good works. Stop trusting in your church. Stop trusting in your prayer life. Stop trusting in what you do for God and trust in what He did for you. He is the Savior. He don't need your help. He's Almighty God. He gets the glory, not you. If you've been trusting in your own good works, I beg of you today, put your faith in Christ alone. He'll save you. If you have any questions about what we're teaching, please contact us. We'd love to talk to you. Thank, for, thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. Next week, we're going to deal with the force fourth lesson on is Christ God and I'm going to help you to understand something about Christ how he, he can be both God and man at the same time I think it'll be enlightening to you come back next week on the fundamental hour right here on TV3 God bless you